0: Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this group of girls that came out this morning, Lord. uh, Thank you for another week, uh, for bringing us through it. I just pray for our topic this morning, that um, you would give me words to um, just explain what your your word says, and would they be your words and not my own. And I just pray for all these ladies this week, Lord, would you just give them a desire to know you more and to dive into your word. Um, And would what we talk about today be encouragement to them and help them understand um, who you are. Um, and find comfort and encouragement in it, Lord. We trust you, and we love you. In your name I pray, amen. amen. All right, so today's topic is going to be why bad things happen if God is good, which I feel like is a question we're all confronted with, right? I feel like a lot of my non-believing friends, that's the question that they struggle with the most, is like, why do bad things happen if God is supposed to be good? Um, so uh, I'm just going to run through like a list of things that have happened like in the in the history of the world, that are are bad. So in 1993, the first Nazi concentration camp began, followed by many others throughout Germany. Uh, for 12 years, the Jews in Germany were tortured, killed, and starved by the hands of Hitler and the Nazis in these camps, leading to World War II, which killed hundreds of thousands of people. And then on April 20th, 1999, one of the students at Columbine High School came in with a gun and shot his own peers and teachers and we've only seen an increase in school shootings since. In January 2010, an earthquake struck Haiti, killing more than 2200,000 people, injuring nearly 300,000 people, and left 1.5 million homeless. And every year, over um, 1.5 million people die of cancer. So we don't have to look around very long to realize that our world is very broken, and um, there's a lot of evil, and there's a lot of bad. Um, And many of these things that I listed are so terrible that we can't, like, we don't even want to think about them, right? We don't even want to try to justify them because a lot of them can't be justified. And I know a lot of you have also walked through times in your life that you've had to endure a lot of suffering and a lot of pain. And, like, we don't ever want to say that that is okay at all. And sometimes we're confronted with this question of, like, how can God care for me and how can he love me? How does he love the world if these terrible, awful things take place? Um, And this is a question we have to answer if we want to stand on solid ground in our faith, right? Because whenever those trials do hit, we have to be confident that the Lord is sovereign still. Um, So my hope is today we leave with a better understanding of who God is um, and that we can still trust him, even when we live in a world that is broken and sinful and we're going to walk through suffering. Um, So let's go ahead and dive in. So we're going to walk through three different things that we have to walk through as we answer this question. And the first thing that we must remember when thinking about answering the question of why bad things happen if God is good is that evil does not come from God. Um, we cannot blame God for evil coming into this world. Um, what did God say when he made his creation?
1: That oh, it was good. good. It was good. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys like, please? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it's good. What's, when God says something is good, what does he mean by that?
1: That was like perfect,
0: yeah, it's perfect, so like when we say good, we were like, oh yeah, that that piece of pie was like pretty good, right, but when God says it's good, he's like it's perfect, like in every way,, perfect pie. perfect pie, um in that day that God created the world, it was unspotted, it was pure, there was no cancer that day, um there was no sin, there was no earthquakes, there was no desire to kill one another or to do harm to one's neighbor. Um, there's no death no struggles it was perfect because we lived in harmony with God's plan um, and he had made it and so we have to remember that God is holy perfectly holy um, he literally cannot be evil so then where does evil come from free will, free will? yeah yeah kind of we have the option to choose evil Satan yeah, would, <laughs> Satan is definitely the root of evil, right? So um, we see this in Genesis when he brings sin into the garden. He tempts Adam and Eve, and they fall into that temptation. Um, and so evil is like a lot of the evil in the world is like Satan. Um, and it's also us, and I'll dive into that later. But we would be insulting God and rejecting his character if we were to call God, like the evil things in this world, if we were to blame it on God. We would be saying to God, you are not good, you're not perfect, and you are actually doing evil. Which is like, we can never say that because that's not true. Why is Satan evil? What made him evil?
1: He turned away from God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he, he had the choice, right? He had the free will. And he said, no, I want to be God. And that is the opposite of good. That's evil. Um, and we see that story in Revelation 12. So a lot of the times, we like know the story of Satan, right? That he fell from heaven, but we don't know exactly where it is in the Bible. Um, so Revelation 12 tells a story of where Satan rejected Jesus, rejected God, and went to his own way. So when Satan rebelled against God, um, he became evil. He stepped outside the will of God, the love of God, the promises of God, um, and therefore entering into the opposite of good, which is evil. Um, and then we see him in the garden in Genesis. Um, and that is when sin came into the world, right? So um, evil also comes from humans. So we have sin inside of us because of Adam and Eve and because we, like, our sinful nature. It's just in us. James 1, 13 through 15 says that we have no one to blame other than ourselves um, for the sin that is inside of us. Our desires lead us to sin, and that's why we need a Savior, right? Um, and that is also why a lot of this evil in the world can be traced back to humans, um, and the evil that is inside of a man. Romans three twenty three says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, it's what separates from us from God. And that is why we so desperately need Jesus, who is the covering of our sin. He, he makes us clean and holy again. Um, and he defeated evil. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself there. Um, so therefore, big picture, evil is not from God. That's the first step in approaching this question is saying to yourself and reminding yourself that no matter how like deep the suffering like it's not like God did not create evil he is not evil he is good um, and in an attempt to think of God as good we also don't want to picture God as just this like old man that like sits in the clouds and like makes cookies and he's like oh all my little children I love them <laughs> um so, like, God is a jealous God. He's a scary God. We see this in the Old Testament, right? There's some things that happen in the Old Testament, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, why would God do that? Um, and he's powerful, and he tells us that he was, he's going to avenge evil, but he will do it in a perfect way. So many people today believe God is just love. Have you ever, like, met people that maybe think that, or, like, have you ever heard that? Like, God is love. And that's kind of like the blanket statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God is certainly love. He's perfect love. But he's also much more than that. What are other characteristics of God that you guys can think of? He's very gracious. He's gracious. He's very
2: just. Just. Yeah.
0: What does it mean that he's just?
2: He, like, um, I guess he's, like, full justice. Like, he's the good judge who, like, doesn't just let people do, like, evil. Yeah. Um, but he also is full of love. So hmm. he kind of makes sure to still make sure, like, justice is, be- is being served, but he also, like, does it in love, I
0: yeah. guess. Yeah. He's like the perfect judge. Yeah. 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 He's just, he's gracious. What else is God?
3: He's compassionate.
0: Compassionate. Why would it be wrong to view God as just love? Like if we take out if we don't view God as like perfectly just, perfectly gracious, perfectly compassionate, and if we just viewed him as as he's just loving, why is that a problem? Like you're eliminating him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're eliminating him. So what putting him in like in a box and like that's all you are, you're just hmm. part of that. Right. Yeah. You're not part of the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. Why is it bad when we start to put God in a box? Because
1: then we feel like we can put the box away. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> we feel like I we can just... I like metaphors. <laughs> yeah, that's good.
0: We think we can just put it away, take it out when we want it, mm-hmm. put it away when we don't want it. Yeah. If we believe God is only love, when trials hit our life, um, our faith will surely fail us because we are building it upon a false idea of who God is. So, we're not even building it upon God when we're just building, if we just think God is love, because that's not who God is. And then when suffering comes our way, we're just going to, we'll be like the man who built his house on sink sa- sinking sand. We'll just crumble to the ground. Um, so, kind of what Macy said, why can't we just take parts of God that we like and ignore the parts we don't like?
2: I think it's because when, like, the parts that we don't like, we, like start to see we like kinda refuse to see them hmm. and therefore we don't really get to know God as who he is. Um yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's like a way to control him. Hmm. Like and they made I don't know, it's like the Israelites they made a idol, like a golden calf, as a way to like control God and that made God really angry. Yeah. <laughs>
0: be told what he is yeah and I I think what Elise said is also really crucial if we want to know God we have to accept him for who he is like if I want to know Carly I can't just like get to know the parts of Carly that maybe I like I have to also I have to know all of Carly you know Um, just the same with God Um, same with the Bible right we've talked about this before we can't just leave out the parts we don't like and um, just picture the parts like take the parts that we do like and say this is what I'll believe but the rest of it it doesn't matter we have to take the whole thing Um, otherwise we're not taking anything
3: I think too if we're not trying to see all these parts of the Lord then like we're missing out on discovering more of his heart like if Mm -hmm. we feel like one area is not loving he is perfect love Mm -hmm. there is so much love even if he is just Mm -hmm. and like if we're not accepting that or trying to that and for what it is, for who He is, we're missing out on like so much more of discovering God's heart, hmm. and so that therefore doesn't allow us to go deeper in our relationship with Him either. Hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? No, I'm that like makes,
0: to, yeah, that yeah. makes so much sense because it's like we wonder why maybe we're not going deeper with God. Yeah, maybe it's because we don't know certain parts of Him Yeah, that He reveals to us in His Word. And
3: I think it makes it so much easier to put assumptions or expectations on the Lord, which even further hinders our relationship
0: with Him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, Let me find my spot in my notes. So yeah, He's everything that we said. He's perfectly just, loving, gracious, merciful, compassionate, all of that, but in a perfect way. So, um, Macy, who's someone in your life that is caring?
1: A lot of my friends,
0: a lot of your friends,
1: like, they like just like ready to just like if I need something, let us do it. Yeah. Like the other day, like I was running late to something and I wasn't gonna have time to like eat lunch. And they're yeah. like, Oh, I'll just get lunch for you on the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's like so caring. Right, right. Um, but even their like most like perfect care demonstrated on you is not the same care that God has because God's care is perfect. So same goes for any of the rest of these characteristics. So, like, what we picture as loving in our minds may not be what's loving in God's mind, in God's idea, because he is perfect. Um, So, like, he does things completely different than maybe we would do or someone else would do. Um, And so, in our small minds, we can't think, we can only think through a lens of what we know, um, which is often fogged by sin um, or maybe our own expectations, like Carly said. Um, And there are certain things that we can't explain or understand um, simply because they're too great for us. So if you guys could open up your Bibles to Psalm 131. This is a really good psalm to keep in mind as um, like, you walk through your life, and especially as we walk through this question. It's really short. I think it's like the shortest psalm. Um,
4: and Andrew, do you mind reading that for us? Yeah. It's just three verses. Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Alright, what does this psalm tell us to do with our hearts?
3: saying, understanding the point that there is no good thing apart from the Lord. Mm. So
1: trust in the Lord so it's kind of being like trust in like trust in him and like don't get concerned over the things that you can't understand mm-hmm. because
0: mm-hmm.
1: no one else can understand them either yeah.
0: yeah what are some of the things that we don't understand in mm-hmm. our faith probably like one big
1: thing is just, like, just how perfect God is yeah. and like how how Jesus like came to be perfect like on the earth mm-hmm. he was like perfect and man mm-hmm. yeah that's just kind of impossible because none of us could ever be perfect
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the fact that god is perfect sometimes i wonder like how the trinity works Mm
4: -hmm.
0: like that's like this psalm says i don't concern myself with things too like wonderful too marvelous for me that's too marvelous for me i can never understand the trinity but i have to trust that the trinity is real and it exists and i think the same goes for this question um There are a lot of things we can't explain, why they happen, why God let them happen. Um, But we have to trust that his ways are great and marvelous. And like the title of Macy's Psalm, just a simple trust in the Lord. So that's step, step number one to answer this question is realize that evil does not come from God. And I guess I kind of jumped ahead myself with that psalm. But it's kind of a transition into point number two. Which is, the Bible tells us that one day evil is going to be banished, our God will have the last victory, and right now we live with this hope. So how has Jesus defeated evil?
1: By dying on the cross.
0: By dying on the (laughs) cross. Yes. Um, So therefore, right now, you and I, if you trust in Jesus, if you know him as your Savior, you have victory over evil and sin. Does it always feel like you have victory over sin in your life? No, yes. But we, we have victory over sin. How, how do you guys explain that? Like How do you explain that to yourself? That even though you struggle with sin, how do you have victory over it?
2: I think it's not so much like we have victory over it. I think once we are saved, we kind of take on Jesus in our hearts. Hmm. And we know that he's already defeated sin when he was on the cross. So, once we become saved, we kind of become like Jesus and we take on like His characteristics. um, And it just kind of then all becomes about Him and not so much about us and our sin. Mm -hmm. So, just like a transformation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to explain it. Like, He has victory, but because we're in Him, that's the only reason that we have victory. Um, So one day we can trust that we will not suffer anymore. Um, So go ahead and turn to Revelation 21, 3 through 6. And as you're turning there, um, I'm going to kind of explain the context of this little passage. But God's ultimate plan is to redeem his world and his people. So those who know Jesus as their Savior, um, they will one day be in heaven with him. So when Jesus defeats evil, when Satan is defeated and there's no more sin and there's no more pain, we will be living in heaven um, and the new heaven and the new earth and it's going to be amazing so in revelation one of the most amazing things that I that I like to think about is that there will be like no like artificial light in heaven so like, there's not going to be any light bulbs there's not going to even be like a sun like God is going to be the source of light in heaven and like that's so cool to think about because it kind of helps us wrap our mind around maybe how holy he is like he's so holy that he just his light like just like comes out of him and can light up Everything and there would be no need for any other source of light other than God, so that's really cool to think about. Um, but we're going to be reading Revelation 3 through 6. Could I have someone read that little, those few little verses for us? I get, go for chapter right? Yeah, chapter 21.
2: Then I heard a loud voice from the throne Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them, they will be His people's and God's. And God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more, because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, "It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of, from the spring of the water of life."
0: Awesome. I, I love this passage, and this is the last chapter of the Bible. This is like the, the, the end of it. Um, so these few verses, how does it describe the new heaven and the new earth? What does it say about how heaven, what heaven's gonna be like? former things just like sin and things of this world. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be a distant memory. Mm-hmm. They won't be a part of us anymore. What else does it say about heaven? What is God going to do?
2: He's going to wipe every tear from
0: every eye. Yeah. Every tear you've ever cried, like he's gonna like wipe it away like he's gonna be like so compassionate and like all of a sudden like everything we're gonna be with him it'll all be worth it um what does God say about himself in verse number six yeah what does that mean He's the beginning and the end. He started the world and he's going to bring it to completion and he's going to make it better than it's ever been. Um, So knowing this passage and believing it, how does it give you hope and comfort
2: right now? somewhere like there's somewhere that is like made for us in the future where like there'll be nothing bad at all Hmm. so it's just kind of an encouragement yeah an encouragement
0: Mm -hmm. a reminder that this is temporary Mm -hmm. yeah there's something so much better for us what else how else does it comfort
4: you saying that god already has it figured out like mm-hmm. and so in my version of verse 6 it, it says it is done like it's finished it's over like i've mm-hmm. already already got the plan yeah. it's already happening um which is encouraging because like said, no matter what happens here to us to others to the world god's already got a plan and it's all going to be great in the mm-hmm. end yeah
0: yeah yeah he's going to bring all things to completion I love how he says, "Behold, I'm making all things new. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be better than ever." And this is what we look forward to. And if you're a believer, if you put your trust in Jesus, like this is our future. Like we will all be together in the new heaven and the earth. And this is, like, this is gonna be it. Like, no matter what you walk through in your life, no matter how painful it is, or, um, like what, like whatever happens to us, like this is what we cling to. This is our hope. Um, this is what's gonna get us through those days. One day we're going to see Jesus face-to-face, and it's going to be amazing. Um, So that's number three. Not number three, number two. So number one, God is not evil. Number two, we live with hope. Number three, um, we can trust that our suffering has a greater purpose. Um, So just because we have victory over evil, and Jesus has victory over evil, doesn't mean bad things won't happen to us. Um, And going back to the points at the beginning, God uses evil for good. So we can trust with all our hearts that um, what he's doing in our life, he can take what, what suffering we endure in our lives, and he can use it for good. He can take brokenness, pain, um, evil, and he's so powerful he can make it good. Um, so I'm gonna. I have three verses for us, and so I need three different people that are willing to read, who would like to read James one, two through four. I can get it. All right, Carlo we'll do James one, two through four. Uh, Macy, could you do 1 Peter 5.10? Yes. And then Emily, could you do Romans five three through 4 And once you're there, Carly, you can just read it. Okay.
3: Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind. Of any kind. <laughs> because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking it. Something
0: before, right? Um, yes, yeah. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, Macy, you can go ahead. Okay, and... it's First Peter something, 5-10. Uh, 1 Peter 5 to 10? Peter 5:10. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm.
1: But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you.
4: Was it three through four or three through five? Uh, three
0: through four.
4: Okay. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and in trials, for we know that they can help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Awesome.
0: So, these three verses, what do they say about how God uses evil, pain, and suffering? He uses it to... Is it to change us? What else does it say?
1: This like mindset's like after you suffered for a while, mm-hmm. it will establish, strengthen, and settle you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you're going to be established, like you're going to um, like be like like I don't know, like solid, like standing on two feet, kind of like settle you, like you'll feel like, be more peaceful.
2: Yeah
0: yeah can you guys think of anyone in your life that has just gone through a lot of suffering and they're all, they're a believer like would you say that they're pretty firm in their faith yeah mm-hmm. like it makes them stand on solid ground why do you think that is why do the people in our life that have suffered that are Christians why are they why are they usually really strong there
4: had opportunities
3: where their faith is tested I mean that's what the Lord says is that our faith will be tested right Mm -hmm. so they've gone through these experiences and they've seen like so much more of the Lord yeah I feel like in many circumstances you're going to experience the Lord in different ways but when you have your faith tested and like don't actually know, like you don't actually experience that the Lord is
0: good until you walk through those kind of
3: things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay,
0: yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so like they're more confident yeah. in like the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. So God actually uses the pain and evil his people experience to draw them close to himself, right? When I think of like painful times in my life, I like see that I was close to the Lord in those times. Um, he like draws people in, he's a God of comfort. That's what 1 Corinthians one tells us. He, like blessed be the God of all comfort. Like He comforts his people. Um, he's so powerful that he takes something that is so that can be so evil and so bad and he can make it good because he's stronger than evil, right? So he can make it good. Um, and he has a wonderful habit of making terrible situations, um, taking terrible situations and bringing good out of them. And we see this throughout the Bible. Um, Genesis 50:20, this is when Joseph, code of many colors guys uh, says to his brothers what you meant for evil my God meant for good so what happened to Joseph does anyone remember what happened yes who sold him into slavery his, his, own brothers. Brothers. his own brothers could you imagine being sold into slavery by your own brothers like Actually. that is <laughs> 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 like that that is so like so evil that's like your own family like turning on you um, what happened to Joseph like after he got sold into slavery.
1: Wait, what did you say? <laughs> She's
0: got to explain it, and I said, "Nerd."
1: Oh. <laughs> I was trying to think. Bible nerd. Yeah. Well, that was like, yeah. well, he, well, got it was was like he got put in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. Eventually. It it was was like, eventually he was bored. And then eventually <laughs> he was
0: bored. <like, laughs> yeah. Eventually <laughs> he was <laughs> the top guy, but he went. He was in yeah, prison, dreams. right? And he suffered, and he thought, like, people falsely accused him on things. Um, And then finally he made it to be king, and he did a lot of good. He helped the nation when they were going through a famine. Um, So this doesn't excuse the evil his brothers did, right? What his brothers did is still evil. The injustice that happened to him in prison was evil, Um, and so we don't excuse it. But God used that suffering, that pain, that sin, and he made it good, and he, like, led Joseph... To be a great king to help the nation Um, and Joseph eventually says himself what you guys meant for evil my God meant for good so he realizes it himself so he's standing on the solid ground at that time Um, so yeah to wrap things up I want everyone to take out a piece of paper if you have one if you don't have a piece of paper I can grab one and a pen and I want you to write down things in your life that have hurt you that have been painful that have been hard um, and next to every single one of those things, I want you to write down how that pain shaped you, changed you, or taught you something about the Lord. Um, so for everything you write down, try to write something next to it. And if you don't have an answer to it yet, that's okay. Just put a question mark um, because I, I bet one day you'll have something right next to it. But I thought it would be cool to have it all written down. So we're going to take a few minutes, write down things that have hurt you things that you've gone through, and next to it, write down how you've seen the Lord's faithfulness. And we'll do that for three minutes.
4: Are we carrying these out? Uh, are we going to, like, uh, we gonna in, or um,
0: or No, is? I'm not going to make you, like, turn them in. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'll ask people She's to share like, if they want to.
1: She's like, one. Yeah, let <laughs> me see all your deep
0: darks. you guys could turn in your bibles to 1st Corinthians 4. This will be where we wrap up. Um, maybe it's 2nd Corinthians. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Second, second <laughs> Corinthians 4. <laughs> My bad. Um, second Corinthians 4, 16, 16 through 18. Um,
4: would anyone like to read that for us?
3: I can read it. All right, go for it, Andrew.
4: Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since that since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal.
0: So on this side of eternity, which basically just means in this life, uh, we will never be able to understand why God allowed the Holocaust to happen, or um, earthquakes, or pain, or suffering, or injuries, or hunger, or sex trafficking, all these terrible things that we see in our world, we're never going to understand why they happen. Um, And we can't possibly see how God will bring good out of every single one of those situations. Um, But He is still God. He is still perfect. We are small, and He is big. Um, Our hope is in something so much better than the temporary pain in this world, and one day we'll be with Him, and we'll see His face, and we'll behold His glory. It's going to be amazing and he's going to wipe every single one of our tears from our eyes Um, and I trust that his hand is in this world and everything that happens in it and one day he'll weave it all together um, for his perfect plan and for his purpose Um, and I choose that and we get to choose to trust him every day until that day um, where we get to like Maddie would say sit at his table and just be with him Um, yeah let me pray for us Dear Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we don't always have the right answers, and um, we often don't always think of you in the right ways, Lord, but thank you for being so patient with us and for guiding us in your truth. Thank you for giving us your word and using it um, to help us just light our paths, um, to think of you in the right light, to look at our lives and see how we can glorify you. I pray for every single one of these women here today, Lord, and the different things that they've walked through, um, the suffering that they've endured or are going through right now or that they will go through, Lord. I just pray that um, they remember that you are God and your plan is bigger. um, Lord, that they would find the deepest comfort in who you are um, and that you would just walk them through every single one of their situations, Lord. You know them so well. You love them um, more than anything. And I just pray that if anyone here doesn't know you or is not on track with you right now, Lord, that you would just draw them to your, to yourself, that you would show them that um, you are perfect and holy and that Jesus is the way, uh, the truth, and the life. And Lord, would you help us be a light to the people around us and use our stories and use maybe the things that we've gone through in order to show that you are good and that you can take evil and pain and suffering and you can um, twist it and you can make it good because you are a God that is powerful And Lord, give us the hope that one day we will sit with you and um, be with you forevermore. Um, Lord, help us just believe that. Um, In your name I pray. Amen.